Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Michael and Benjamin's podcast. Welcome back to the exceptionally cold tiny room. Ben, it's somewhat of an icebox challenge in many ways because my toes are cold. Oh, Michael, <laughs> you should wear shoes. Yeah. They, they're kind of custom we, built for that kind of thing. Ben, we had a debate about whether this was a shoe house or a no-shoe house. I, I still firmly believe that you are a no-shoe house, but won't tell me out of some ill-placed way of hosting that you're just being a very kind host and not telling me this. Isn't it interesting how boring our lives are? I mean, I don't know, Michael. I think the finer points of shoe etiquette are something that really, you know, get me going. But you know what else gets you going? Go on. The theme music. <gasps> theme music for the podcast. We don't actually have any theme music. But I hope someone will make some up for us. Don't wanna name any names Rachel, I hope it's Rachel <laughs> <laughs> That's probably our best lead in a while yeah. Benjamin, <laughs> yeah. the reason we uh, padded that intro out with a bit of, uh, a bit of smack talk about it's shoes shoot, Is that very little has happened this week It's been a sparse week, Michael <laughs> This is the aftermath of the California fire kind of week where there's just not a lot going on. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. yeah no, um, no trailers, no big announcements. Well, there were some trailers, but they, they pertain to our topic, so we can't really go into them just yet. So, Ben, that leads us then in... A, in a, oh, I'm going to do the, the architect from The Matrix. Oh, God. That leads us irrevocably onward vis-a-vis polar... I didn't like that. No, it wasn't great. It made me uncomfortable. Ben, last week you said that the that the the comic book Polar was a very good comic book. Polar, yes. And then you said that it was coming out on Netflix with one Mads Mikkelsen playing Polar, who I'm a fan of. You are a fan of him, mm. of his, of he. Don't know um, that lad. Ben, he was he was the least memorable Marvel villain. He was. He was. What's his name? Casey Lewis. Casilius, yeah, he he was in that for the paycheck, though. Um, I don't know. I think he was wasted. He yeah, be. he could have been very good. He's got mm. a lot of screen presence. Yeah. The man's intimidating. Mm. The man's intimidating. Anyway, Michael, we talked about the comic last week, and I said I was eagerly awaiting uh, the, the film. I hoped yeah. it would be good. And I think this is possibly contrary to everybody else's opinion. I quite enjoyed the film. Oh, that is interesting. Um, I thought it was a bag of Mickeys. Okay, you thought it was a bag of... No, well, we've, we've no, covered this before. Mickeys. It's a bicky. A bag, a bag of bickies. <laughs> A bag of bickies. Um Yeah, fair enough. I I apparently got the, the rock end of the stick. Uh, it is in the wrong era. If this had come out in the 90s, it probably would have been a... Yeah, with Christopher Lambert. A big, yeah, Christopher Lambert. Or I'm trying to think of somebody else. Benicio Del Toro, maybe at some point would have played him in the 90s. Yeah, was, Benicio Del Toro might have done in the 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I stole that. I stole that Christopher Lambert joke from somewhere. I can't remember where <laughs> I can't it was. Remember. It's a Nick joke. Yeah. A Nick joke. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it, but nobody else seemed to. I think the best thing about it, without shadow of a doubt, is, um, is Mads Mikkelsen. I don't, I don't think... I think the rest of it is off here and there. But I thought it was quite... I liked the pace. There was no fluff. I, Except for that one scene. Are we doing no spoilers? No, let's let's do spoilers. Let's do spoilers. Okay. Only, spoilers from we came out this yesterday. point onwards. To be honest, Ben, I don't think many of our listeners are going to watch it. Yeah, because probably. I think it's being savaged by critics on the internet. Oops. Absolutely savaged. And I don't think a lot of people are going to see it. 
Okay. Also, it hasn't had the cultural impact of the blind box. No, what was it called? Blind box. No, bird, bird box. Bird box. Bird box challenge, baby. Bird, yeah. Um, it hasn't resonated with people in that way. No, I feel like the, the polar challenge would be poking one of your own eyes out and then taking on a large group of men, which would end horribly for most people. Yes. I think what put a lot of people off is the first five minutes. In... In Polar. The weird, aggressive, no highly saturated Johnny yes. Knoxville scene. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of silly. there's a lot of T, there's a lot of A. Uh, uh, for those who aren't part of a Christian reformist church, that's <laughs> ass and titties. Tit, um, tit, tits and ass. Tits and ass. There's a lot of tits and ass. There's a lot of tass. Um there's a lot of um there's a lot of well, there's not a lot of, but in the film itself there is more unnecessary animal cruelty than you would hope. Yeah, what was that? I think I think that was a direct middle finger to John Wick. So for anyone who hasn't seen Polar, anyone who doesn't intend to see Polar, um, it is... I'm going to keep changing it. <laughs> keep changing it, yeah. change it up. Um, there's a scene in it where he gets a dog, yeah. um, very similar to how John Wick gets a dog in yeah. the thing. And then, of course, he's an international assassin. The dog but goes bump in the night he wakes up shoots the dog dead it's yeah, pretty very cruel like bizarre. very cruel um, gratuitous sex abounds there's a ridiculous scene where uh, Mads Mikkelsen has his way with a, a young one up against a pane of frosty glass yeah um, um, here's the thing Ben one of my speakers on my computer broke when I was watching it so I had to um, put on the subtitle so I could understand what was happening properly and it said things like Titties squeak against glass. <laughs> like, oh no! Oh, how excellent! Yeah. Titties squeak against glass. Look, I I enjoyed it. If for nothing more, I enjoyed the fast pace of it. I enjoyed some of the editing. Um, Mads Mikkelsen was uh, very good in it. I thought compared to everybody else, Matt Lucas was a bit irritating, grotesque, grotesque. I think that was the purpose, but I didn't understand. I think grotesque is a good word to describe the entire film. It, it's very bloated in places. Also, yes. it feels like six or seven different films. The the mm. team of assassins who are sent after, they're in a totally different film than Vanessa Hudgens. Oh, Vanessa Hudgens I thought was terrible. And Sorry. Vanessa Hudgens is in a totally different film from Catherine Winnick. Catherine Winnick was very attractive. She is very attractive. Where, where did Catherine Winnick come out of? Uh, Vikings. Where, why have I not been aware of Catherine Winnick Catherine before Winnick, this? before Brie Larson was cast... Um, Catherine Winnick was the internet's favourite for Captain Marvel uh, yeah I, I would actually be in favour of a, a serious retro casting and going backwards <laughs> and re-editing the entire film well, with Catherine Winnick we'll, in see, it. we'll see we'll see um, Brie Larson is an Oscar winning actress so it might be good um, and then all of them were in a different film from the grotesqueness of Matt Lucas and his leather clad evil evil <laughs> female henchman <laughs> That was, yeah, that was weird. Uh, yeah, now, see, this is one of those awesome things where I got really involved in watching it yesterday and I was excited because there were a lot of things. This is kind of what happened to me. This is Watchmen syndrome for me. I so, really enjoyed Watchmen. Yeah, well, this is an interesting thing because lots of people didn't, Michael. Yeah. Well, they're you know. just wrong. But I got really excited when I would see a scene from the comic book that was very well done in the film. Ah. And it excited me. Um, as a young teenage comic nerd mm. and I think a similar thing happened here in that many of my favourite beats from the comic have been replicated in film format um, is, it, is, it, is it as close uh, a remake as the Watchmen film? No, not at all There's a, there is a lot played around with mm. um, for example there is no love interest in the first um, in the first novel novelization, er, graphic novel of yeah. Polar 
Is there a love interest? Um, well, they toy around with this friendship with Vanessa Hudgens thing. Mm. And then the gunsmith, the, the character who's played the gunsmith, who I don't think even gets a name in the movie. Remember, Ben, I haven't seen, I haven't um, read the book, so I don't even know who that is. He is the young, she she is the person that Mads Mikkelsen gets off with. Oh, the seducy the lady. Uh, no, 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 not the seducy lady. He does he does have his way with the seducy lady. And that, that whole scene with those five assassins that close in on the cabin, that is the opening scene of the comic. Oh. Um, so they've taken that. And I quite enjoyed watching that purely because I really enjoyed reading it. Right. But now that you are slowly going through it, I am realizing how correct you are and how juxtaposed all those tones are in the film. It's weird. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm going to have odd. to agree with you now. Um, I didn't want to agree with you. And the guy who plays... Um, who plays the the ginger hitman? Looks like my friend Dave. He looked very Irish. I assumed he yeah. was going to be a little Irish assassin. Yeah, no, he Colin Farrell. He was a little Russian fellow, but he looks around. like my friend Dave. I'll show you a photo. Would you just continue? Yeah, yeah, you just there, keep going. Uh, yeah. Now, now that you've mentioned all that, I, I realize I'm very wrong. The color grading <laughs> was was weird, very weird. Yeah, um, heavily saturated at the beginning of the film, then incredibly muted in the scenes where. Mads Mikkelsen's character Duncan Fizzler for anyone else Fizzler where he was talking to his tax accountant or where he was talking to his doctor the doctor scene was very strange where he gets oh my god (laughs) (laughs) oh please get permission to use his face in the video so people can see how damn close he is I thought it was him to be honest (laughs) he looks like a buffer version of the guy in the film though yeah well he's he's not a big dude either he's only like 65 kilos he does not dress like a Russian from the 80s though no but I mean you could if he was in a film I genuinely thought oh Dave's in this film yeah yeah Johnny Knoxville was a very strange oh my god I thought Johnny Knoxville might have the same height I know (laughs) He's the same height. I and thought build. it was him. What? I thought Johnny Knoxville was a bit of uh, stunt casting, a bit of um uh, what's your one from E. T. Drew Barrymore. Yeah, a bit of Drew Barrymore and Scream casting. Ah, just to get them in. Just to go, oh my god, someone famous just got killed. Yeah. Maybe. because you, you're expecting him to have a more central role and then all of a sudden Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Um yeah, I Look, now that you've mentioned it, I'm I'm very ashamed of myself. Oh no, Ben, look, don't change your mind. I, I still it enjoyed shows, it. it I still enjoyed a lot of the editing and the pace. I think it, it moved and I, I I did think there was relatively little fluff except for Vanessa Hudgens who acted like an anchor around the neck of the entire film at times. Here's the thing, right? This might be because of your comic book sensibilities, but a lot of uh, Hollywood reviewers think they were the only good bits of the film. Yeah. And all the unnecessarily cruel killing was unnecessarily cruel. I don't think that every film has to win an Oscar. Um, and I That's thought true. Vanessa Hudgens was very out of place. She has a... So out of place, you can't even bother saying her name correctly. What is it? What did Hudgens. I say? Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> Vanessa. Um, anyway, Vanessa Hudgens has a, a couple a multi-picture deal with Netflix at the minute because she was in is a she? terrible Christmas film called The Princess Swap. Go on. Um, and she's in this. Let's review I'm that. assuming we're going to see her pop up. We should do reactions to, to movies that are completely outside of our purview. Um, I was, I was going to say Wheelhouse. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, um, and then on top of that, um, it would seem that Dark Horse has a picture deal with Netflix at the minute because... Yeah. Uh, first of all, before we move no, into that... Yeah, and first of all, first of all, no, I'm going to interrupt your segue because, Ben, there are a couple of things in this movie mm-hmm. where they kind of take the piss out of Redbox. 
yeah. out of DVD rental yeah. services. Is that from the comic or the Netflix no, just put Netflix that in? Netflix is just giving the middle finger Netflix to Netflix the... is getting very meta. Um in in the comic he's not in Montana. He's somewhere completely in the North Pole. No, he's not in the North Pole, but he's somewhere much colder and there's no one around. He mm. hunts for his food and he it does that kind so of thing. So how does Vanessa Hudgens live next to him? He do, she doesn't. That character doesn't exist oh, in really? the comic book. Yeah. Oh. Now, they have set up the sequel. But what from, a twist. But from what you've told me of the reaction to this one, there will be no sequel. Um, ah, ben, look, that was first day reviews. Who knows um, when these things pan out. Yeah, but in the second uh, comic book, mm-hmm. he takes on an apprentice Oh. Um, who is very similar to him? She, she. It's very, she. very, um, very me too. In that this woman has been abused and um, kind of raped now and then. And then, <laughs> Jesus Christ. but anyway, she, she is then cast aside by the mobster that does all this to her. Um, she's thrown into a river and she washes up outside. Uh, the assassins, uh, the Black Kaiser, is his name. In the comics, she washes up on his shore, basically, and he decides to train her. Mm. Out of a sentimental well, that's definitely where they were going, though. Yeah, that's definitely what they're building up. So I think what they've done story. is they've just moved that character from the second comic into the first film and kind of built it up mm. over that. I disliked the twist intensely. Yeah. I thought it was completely unnecessary. Nothing came of it anyway. Nothing came of it anyway. And like all the worst twists, was quite obvious the whole time. Yeah, because the, that one flashback was very specific. Yeah, why? Yeah. Why else? I, I really hope they wouldn't him? pull the trigger on that. Ba-dum-bum. Yeah, very. Oh, yeah, very good because it was a film about assassins. Ben, it was <laughs> like I said last week. It was no better than Red. Yeah, it was pretty much the same. Not yeah. as good as John Wick. Not as good as John Wick. Um, John Wick, more killing in John Wick, more violence in John Wick, but less uh, glee in ultraviolence in John Wick. Yes, he seems to be. I think. Mads Mikkelsen really thought he was probably signing on for a John, for Wick. A John Wick. John because Mads John Mikkelsen Flick, John Netwicks. Ah, <laughs> uh, God, it's not always excellent. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll allow that. It was very good. Um, I truly believe he's the best thing about the film, and he plays it very seriously. He does. Um, and it's a shame that nobody else in that film takes it seriously. I suppose that's one of the interesting things about those five assassins. And now that you you mention it to me. They're almost in a weird ultra-violence comedy. Yeah. When they visit all the different locations yeah. and stuff like they kill that. people in an ultra-violence comedy. And then Mads Mikkelsen is completely jarring with that tone because he's doing a European-style spy thriller. Yeah. He's like in a John Le Carre novel in his head. Not quite that much, but yeah, I, I see what you, you're saying. You understand yeah. what I mean. And then, like, the gratuity of the sex scene doesn't match that the violence. ridiculous. I felt uncomfortable watching <laughs> it then. <laughs> I felt so I felt that someone I watched... Was, I have never been so glad... That I was alone in my house. I was like, oh my goodness. I had to turn it down in case my neighbours thought I was watching porn. <laughs> I had the same reaction, but anyway. I live in a detached house, so it's fine. Um, yeah, anyway, moving on from there. Look, if you're into a bit of madness, that's not a Mad Look, Mickelson fan club, by the way. Uh, but if you're into ultraviolence and all that, give it a watch. Yeah, look, it's all right. It's all right. It's, it's grand. It'll pass the time. Yeah. I, like I said it was a bag of Mickeys I didn't flat out hate it I just didn't like it Bag of Bickies Bag of Bickies like, We're going to make that Hashtag bag of Bickies Benjamin Yes um, Totally vis-a-vis Nothing here um, <laughs> Have I missed the end Of the magic order 
the comic series. I think you have. I've missed it as well. Hasn't it? I, I wasn't aware it was... It feels like it should have happened by now. Is there a delay? I don't know. Is it an art issue? I don't know. Speaking of Netflix, there's our link. Ah, Speaking of Netflix, Ben. Smooth as butter. Isn't there... Isn't there... I don't know. There might have been. I'll have to check. Do you think Netflix is going to eventually turn the magic order into a series of some kind? I imagine the... <laughs> One of the, I don't know why I'm doing I'm doing a lot of groan, groaning today. Oh, watch a lot of Punisher over the no, no, Um Sorry, <laughs> listeners. Um, the spikes. <laughs> yeah. There is... Mark Miller, I think, is one of the leading the charge for this kind of phenomena in, in comic books that most comic books these days are basically screenplays. Yeah. Spec screenplays. But The Magic Order, for sure, seems like a... Magic Order read like a film. It could have been a film. Yeah, it does a bit with all the twists. And yeah. <gasps> oh my God, you are the baddie. Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> um, whatever shall we do? Um, yeah, it, I don't know. Yeah. It, uh, you have missed it though. I'm I'm sure it's out. No, I don't know. I don't know how we missed it. Someone tell us. Some listener save us from looking it up on the internet. It'll take us 45 seconds. Benjamin. But we could wait a day and a half, Michael. Find out yeah, that's what we're going to do. Um, Benjamin. Yes. Speaking of Netflix. Speaking of Netflix. Oh, yeah, that's a good link. Um, there was a trailer for the Umbrella Academy. The Umbrella Academy uh, has received its first trailer. It has indeed. Um, from Netflix. Ben, I've never read the Umbrella Academy because I thought it was anime. That's exactly what I thought as well, Michael. Uh, the Umbrella Academy came out when I was around... Was it 2008? Yes, 2008. The Umbrella Academy comic came out in 2008. That when is quite I, a long time ago. Yeah, when I was... Oh, here so we that's, go. that's 11 years from now. I am 27. When I was 16, Michael. That is uh, such a weird way of... <laughs> when I was 16. Uh, it came out when I was 16. At a time when I had just shaved all my hair off. Oh. Having been a huge heavy metal head with a large, I don't want to be not gonna say Willie. So I'm not going to say what I thought. I, I still have one of those. But um, <laughs> at the time, I had a massive head of hair. And for anyone who knows me, they know my hair grows up and out, not down and long. So I wanted to be a heavy metal head with a long head of hair. Yeah. But I was actually a heavy metal head with a large bird's nest perched atop his How head. How is that anti-Semitic? I was going to say Jufro. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You only said it now. That's because you gave me a perfect lead-in for yeah. I couldn't resist. Um, anyway, I was actually, just on a quick side note, I was called the most racist podcast host I know, in that was great, wasn't it? Over, over the weekend, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. I then replied to that, and he followed me on Instagram. Oh, very good. Um, so despite my racist leanings, people are still following, baby. <laughs> Woo! Um, but anyway... Umbrella Academy, 16. Jared Way is the auteur of... I- um, I think he goes by Jerry. Uh, Jerry is, Way. This is the Jerry Way. This is the Jerry Way. Um, and for anybody who listens to this podcast and had a teenage angst phase, he's the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. Oh. My Chemical Romance. I knew that. And out of sheer, I think, stubbornness, I said, no, I am no longer one of those people. So, so you I just sh- I sh- you gave my up metal. And I gave up metal. Um, I, think, I think it was in favour of talking to girls. Um, more, more than likely. Um, some girls like metal then some girls do but not the girls I was interested in oh and so I, I shaved all my hair off I had a bit of a Barney Stinson moment and just kind of went and <laughs> changed my entire being and I kind of out of sheer will now, to say, no I'm ben, not reading anything by Jared Way this story is more interesting than the comic book <laughs> when you say you shaved all your hair off did you like like bald yeah I did it for charity 
You did a bald. I, I arranged the. How long was your your fro? Oh, I have a picture of it here. So yeah, I'll, find, I'll find the picture and I will show it to Michael. And Michael but, will have the, the greatest reaction of all time, I would imagine, to this because it's just fantastic. This is very but Anyway, exciting. out of sheer will, I, I said I wasn't going to do it. And I read it uh, this week, Michael, properly for the first time. And it's only gone and been drawn by my favorite, one of my favorite artists. Tom Gab- Scully. No. No, no. Uh, Gabriel Ba. Oh. Uh, Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba, sans Fabio Moon. Okay. And... Yeah, he's me. one of your favorite Euro comics guys. He's one of my favorite Euro comics guys, and he only went and drew it. And I went back and read it, Michael. Yeah. And my chemical romance may be angsty and awful, mm-hmm. but Jared Way can write a bloody comic book. I think he can, Ben. I think he's he's, he's v good, Michael. He's his, he's his own man. He's his own man. Yeah. With his own thing, his own ideas. It's so good that Grant Morrison introduces it. Um, it's very, very heavily Doom Patrol influenced. Yes. I think there's no avoiding that comparison, but. I would imagine it's been quite influential because when I went back and read some Black Hammer, mm-hmm. I think Black Hammer has been massively influenced. Well, Ben, I was going to say that. By both Doom Patrol and Umbrella Academy. Yeah. It's very clear. Even in the art style, it's very mimicked of, of the L. It's going to take me a while to find this. Okay, so well, you maybe can, show you me can later. stop watching my, ben, my phone. No, you should have an on-air reaction. I think it's here's the thing, though. There's Just from the trailer, because Ben, as I say, I haven't read the bloody thing. Mm-hmm. Just from the trailer, it has a very strong X-Men vibe about it. It does have a very strong X-Men vibe. Um, I think it's supposed to be kind of a realistic take on the a realistic postmodern take on the X-Men hmm. it has heavy emo leanings because that's what Jared Way was at the time he was very immersed in that um, I think very much the Umbrella Academy trailer is exactly what the Hellboy trailer wanted to be go on I found it very interesting watching it because it has a strange tone it's very 80s angsty the cure meets Morrissey meets the, like Robert Sheehan's in it Robert Sheehan's in it uh, who plays pretty much your your typical goth, goth. Yeah. yeah which is very enjoyable to watch but each character in the Umbrella Academy is kind of like a little homage or love letter to anything sci-fi and horror that has obviously influenced Jared Way right. um, when we look at the different characters there's Space Boy who's kind of the big character he's the, the powerhouse the of big the guy team. in a coat yeah, and the team leader. But he's just a love letter to all the 50s sci-fi, mm-hmm. space frontier stuff that we all... Your Flash Gordons. Your Flash Gordons, your... your Flash Gordons. Space, Adam... Adam Strange's. Adam, Adam, your Adam Strange's. These kind of things. Um, rumor is your typical superheroine. Who's Rumor? Rumor is the girl character, not played by Ellen Page, but played by the... The African-American young lady in the trailer. I don't know who her name is. Uh, Rumor is her power was to do with her vocal cords. She had a a magic scream. So it's like your black canaries, uh, etc. Then we have uh, Kraken, who is definitely just your vigilante pulp character. The shadow. He has his own Commissioner Gordon in the Umbrella Academy called uh, Lieutenant Lupo. Mm. Uh, And he has a similar relationship with... This lieutenant that Batman has with Commissioner Gordon, um, but he's kind of an homage to all those 40s and 30s vigilante characters that came out. The Shadow, exactly. The Phantom. Um, then there's some Lovecraftian elements. There was another oh, member of the team called the Tentacle, and he was a superhero that wore a costume, but his power was kind of he could he could access another dimension through his another dimension. Body and another huge dimension. Tentacles would come out and Ugh, like Shumagorath. Uh, yes exactly exactly so all of these things were a wonderful love letter I don't know one of the interesting things that I was asked when I put it up on 
Instagram because I showed that I bought the Umbrella Academy. Uh, somebody commented, "How do you think they're going to handle the the monkey body?" That on was Sean, Space Boy. Yeah, Sean Northridge. Yeah. Um, hi, Sean. Um, shout out to Sean. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Sean there. But it, he asked, "How do you think they're going to handle the, the monkey?" I don't think they're going to. It's I think he's going gorilla, to be a big, just a big dude. Big dude because he's got be his like... big coat on. Um, I think Jared Way has probably had quite a strong hand in this. Um, the first, the first run, by the way, is called the Apocalypse Suite, and it's all about the girl who didn't have superpowers, played by noted tiny lesbian Ellen Page. <laughs> okay, not taking any heat for that one. I'm going to back away slowly. Um, it's not but, a judgment. This is just a fact. <laughs> yeah, noted. Okay, noted tiny lesbian uh, NTL. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> NTL Ellen. Um, no, go back t- for a that sec- could be Ellen from the Ellen DeGeneres show. It's Ellen. <laughs> no, she's bigger. <laughs> is she? Yeah, she's yeah Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres anyway, is much taller than. I Ellen think Page. she's the girl without superpowers in this. Mm-hmm. Um, she plays a violinist in the comic, but I don't mm. know. I haven't seen any evidence that there's going to be a violin. They've added some things to the trailer. There's an antagonist. Uh, someone's trying to stop the apocalypse, um, and that isn't in the comics. It's just them trying to. Uh, someone's trying to stop them from stopping the apocalypse. There you go. Sorry, that makes that more a, sense. Uh, that was an issue. Um, ben, the guy who plays the big guy. Yes. Doesn't he look a lot like the guy who played the big guy in Alan Moore's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? He does look very, very like him. He looks like Alexander Skarsgård. When I was watching the trailer, I thought it was Alexander That's true, yeah. They, they all have that kind of look about them. It's not. He's he's very similar to Alexander mm. Skarsgård, but he's an English actor. Yeah. Um, of some kind. He's going to play <laughs> of, of some kind. He's going to play Space Boy, who is English, very important. An English actor of some kind. Um, he's going to play Space Boy, so it's going to be interesting to see that. I'm looking forward to seeing Robert Sheen because he seems very close to the character. He plays a character called Seance mm-hmm. from the comic books, and Seance can channel the dead and has mild telekinesis. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a love letter to all the Victorian. Supernatural horror stories, seances, spiritualism, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, but it's a bloody good comic, Michael. Is it? I thoroughly recommend that people read this it. This gets Ben's recommends. This gets this gets a serious Ben's recommends, and I'm really happy I've gone back and read it when I wasn't in my post. No, I won't be that person anymore. Phase. Um, I am going to keep looking for that picture on my phone. I know it's there somewhere, and you will see it, Michael. Now I want to read it. Um, yeah, I will give it to you. Come Monday. Okay, good. Ben, just a quick question here. Yes. Not a loaded question anyway. This, a is a, question. this is a genuine a que- question. This is, yes, it's not a leading question. Okay. This, is not a, this isn't cash for questions like okay. the British Parliament. It would be nice if ben, I had cash for questions. Who, um, who published the Umbrella Academy? Sure. It was only Dark Horse Comics, Michael. Oh, uh, Ben. Seamless segue, by the way. Well played. Ben, what, <laughs> what, even, what even is Dark Horse Comics? What even is Dark Horse Comics? Well, this is interesting to me. Michael, because one of the comics companies that gets a huge kind of shout out these days for creator driven uh, work is DC. Image Comics. Image, Image Comics, Comics yeah. thing. They're now collectively known, since you mentioned the previous two, as the Big Three. Image is one of the Big Three. Yeah, but it is the Big Three these wow, days. Wow, okay. And they were around just, I think that always eclipses. Vertigo. I think Vertigo is a very creator-driven... Vertigo's DC, though. Isn't it? Vertigo is a DC imprint for mature readers. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you doing reading it, then? <laughs> <laughs> he got... Zing, zing. Um, he got me. But very much for mature readers and creator-driven. Uh, obviously, the big one that gets a shout-out for that these days is, is Image Comics. And it's interesting to me because Image Comics started in 1998. Two. So long ago. Uh, so long ago. 
And then Vertigo was How around 1991, was that 1992 was, uh, what? it's 26, 25, 25 or 26 years. <laughs> one of, one of the two, because I am 27 and I was born in 1991. <laughs> 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 oh, enjoy, it's my favorite game. You enjoy that far too much. Oh, go on. But. Yes. They get a lot of credit these days for that. Um, Vertigo gets Sandman credit all the time uh, Image has Saga it has Invincible. The Wicked and the Divine it has Invincible who did Sex Criminals it, it's Image Comics as well so my brain is trying to compute all the different labels and imprints and stuff like that but yeah Dark Horse seems to have preempted all of those mm-hmm. with that business model Dark Horse started in 1986 and it started with one guy I thought you just said it was 1992 no no that's Image Comics oh Image Comics Dark Horse before even. Dark Horse came before that Dark Horse became in 1986 it became a lab- uh, uh, a print uh, publisher there we go there that's the word go. I was good. looking for yeah. a publisher and a guy called Mike Richardson started one guy oh that's good because that's my name and my brother's name exactly oh, there you go there you go and you're the son of your father so yeah. there Mike Richards and son yeah <laughs> um, so yeah he started a comic book shop called Dark Horse Comic Books just a shop just a shop and then he turned it into his own publisher oh um, what, a, what a good bloke and he he's tried a lot of different things um, anal and I think I'm sure he's tried anal once or twice <laughs> he's, he's only a comic, comic publishing magnate uh, so there's a, there are a couple of things interesting so it's 33 years old at the current time before mm-hmm. you get me with those sneaky I have it actually written down take a look at that Wait, I knew you were going to ask I didn't know I'd have to do so much maths today but it was 33 years ago and he's tried a bit of everything when he started out. They they tried an in-universe superhero-verse. Right. They tried to do that. And he found it very frustrating. Shut he up. didn't enjoy creating a big universe. He didn't want characters to have to be stuffed into that universe. Yeah, like Netflix. Um, like Netflix or Image Comics. Image Comics with Invincible every once in a while would drag all their different characters together. Mm-hmm. And they didn't make sense when they no, would be dragged they, together like that. they had that. very little repercussion on each other's comics as well. Yeah, but I also, like, at, at, at a certain point, um, they did start stuffing new characters in there and pushing them. Now, some of those came to great fruition. Um, Robot, Monster Girl, those became very interesting. But there were other characters that just became gore fodder, where mm. they got ripped apart and torn apart. And that that's fine too, but it, it didn't work for him. So he, he tried that from have it written here from 93 to 96 so I think he was trying to ride the wave how many of years image was that comics. Uh, that was three years very Marvel, good thanks. <laughs> he, he was trying to ride the wave of image comics I think right. in 92 but he lacked, he lacked a key thing Rob Liefeld uh, he, well Rob Liefeld Mark Silvestri Jim Lee remember that image was started by the most popular creators of its time mm-hmm. I think image gets a lot of its hype not that it doesn't make great comics, but the mm-hmm. reason it might have eclipsed Dark Horse comics is because it gets because they had those superstar creators yep. come over. He didn't have that. No. What he did instead of his superhero universe is he focused almost immediately on licensing other franchises. Yeah. So Aliens. he could do movie tie-ins. Buffy. Mm. He ran the Buffy comic for years. And he ran the more popular Star Wars comics for years. Ah. So that's two things. But then he also on. focused on creator-driven projects Go and on. he gave his creators full rights now image comics always goes on as if they were the first people to do this mm-hmm. not really ah uh, bad blokes this guy was the first guy to say that's a cool story make it on my my imprint put it on my imprint there guys and the other thing on top of that was yeah he always allowed them to run it for as long as they wanted image does a lot of 
uh, miniseries and things like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. I really enjoy. I, I should, you know, continue this by saying I love Image Comics. I think they make amazing work. But I'm starting to question whether or not they were so trailblazing in comparison with Dark Horse. Now I could be completely wrong here. If anyone has a better idea of what came first or what Mike was Richardson. But going off the dates, if Mike Richardson wants to get in touch with me and sponsor the podcast, um, <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Um, but it it focuses on longer runs and it did all that kind of things. Um, and it's it's produced some really notable works that we have talked about before without ever really focusing on the publisher. That's a good point, Ben. Um, we, we frequently mention them as some of our favorite comics. Obviously, the big one for us is Hellboy. Black we Hammer. We mentioned Black Hammer is a huge favorite of ours. Um and we mention these quite a bit as we go along. Um, but they've had other massive works. Sin City belongs to Dark Horse Comics. Get out of town, Ben. Sin City by Mr. Frank Miller. Oh. Belongs. 300. Was that Dark Horse? The comic book starring Jared Butler's abs. Um, mm. Was What happened to Jared Butler? Where's he gone? He's no good. He Where's was in he Geostorm. Gone? Oh, Geostorm. Oh, God. Okay, never mind. Let's forget yeah. it. Um, he was in... He, Mike Alred did Mad Men with Dark was Horse Comics. Was that Dark comics. Horse? That's That's... Him as well. You're a this huge a, Mike Alred fan. This is a bloody mind It blow. is, isn't it? He did the Buffy comics. Mm-hmm. He did... Uh, what else did he do? Is there a Buffy comic there? There's a Buffy comic there. Is that by Dark Horse? Buffy, it is. Dark Horse. Got the little Get Dark out of Horse. Town. There. They're such Dark Horses, Ben. They're such Dark Horses. You'd swear, you'd swear they're almost living up to their names. Yeah. Um, which they definitely are. But yeah, so Dark Horse has done some, some huge, huge things. They've done The Mask, Michael. The Mask. They've done The Mask. But they're huge comic creators and we have kind of always overlooked the publisher but I think the thing is they're not interested and another really interesting thing about the comics branch of Mm -hmm. Dark Horse they have never suffered financially even since 1986 they have always gone and made profit they don't have their ups and downs strength yeah they don't have ups and downs they have steady ups is what they have ups Ups. That's a that's a financial term. You don't have to look it up. Yeah. It's very complex. Very complicated. But just trust you, your friends, Michael you wouldn't Benjamin. Under, you wouldn't understand it. But I think something else that's that's really rather interesting about them is they were the first ones to give the the movie franchising a go. So they were the first ones to try, and they had relative success here or there. Um, Tank Girl was one of theirs with Laurie Petty. With Laurie Petty, which I is a cult classic, not a not a classic classic. Mystery Men, starring Mr. Ben Stiller. Oh, that's a great film. Was a Dark Horse uh, run one. Uh, American Splendor, which was based on the independent comic book starring uh, Michael Giamatti. No, not Michael Giamatti. What was his name? Paul Giamatti, there we go. Woo, woo. Um, all the Hellboy movies are one of them. They did the amazing Screw on Head. Thirty Days of Night, oh, no horror film. Good, Thirty yeah. Days of Night, which belongs to Dark Horse and their filming. Uh, R.I.P.D., which we shall never name again because it's just shocking. It's not great, yeah, it's not great. Um, they have some upcoming projects which you will enjoy, Michael. Beasts of Burden. They put the little doggos. It's Dark Horse, and that's one of their upcoming projects. They don't know whether it's going to be. I don't know if this is part of the Netflix deal, and it's going to be a little series from Netflix. That'd be brilliant. With with some doggos, you'd enjoy that. Emily the Strange, noted goth icon Emily the Strange is getting a series in some form. Um, Hellboy, obviously the new movie is one of theirs. Um, They also have El Zombo Fantasma, which is a hugely popular luchador supernatural independent thing. Um, Another one that they they. Uh, spearheaded was The Goon by Eric Powell which I'm mm. a huge fan of I've never read it it's a bizarre twisted world I, he's I, a man I, in a cap I, I de- he's a man in a cap he's a basically wrench. your classic um, 
90 or 50s thug he just goes around he can't be beat basically he's just hard as nails and mm. that's the character but he goes up against zombies and mystical plots and stuff like that in his little town and he's just a small town hood trying to keep his turf um and it's a great comic it's beautifully drawn by eric poe um but dark horse are big man yeah dark horse do some great stuff and it's weird that they've been so eclipsed by image comics because i would argue Go on. That the quality of art in Dark Horse and the quality of their printing in general surpasses any other comic book um, publisher at That's the That's interesting. I got a Dark Horse graphic novel um, and it was not guillotined correctly and it had, oh. to, be, it had to be replaced. Okay, well that... that but it, was re- it was replaced pretty quickly though. That, that completely goes against what I have. But just looking at your shelf, Michael. Go on. I see that there's a Hellboy Volume 2 library edition yes. in a beautiful bound hardback. It was a gift, Ben. It was a gift, yeah. was, from, from a really nice guy. Yeah. Um, but then they also frequently have very beautiful hardcover editions. They put a lot of time and effort into collections. The art itself is clearly done slowly over time and they never switch artists, which I'm a huge fan of. They give artists time to do their own work. So if they're late on a deadline, that's fine. They'll deal with it. And the art quality never changes. We don't have any of this changing of styles in the middle of anything. So it's real nice, Michael. I'm I'm a huge fan, as it turns out, of Dark Horse Comics. Which the... I did not realise. Excuse me, that was a, a burp there for any listener that was... Mystery Men had one of my favourite conversations of all time in which the film. Is... Where the shoveler... where the shoveler is arguing with his wife uh, and he says to his wife Lucille God gave me a gift I shovel well I shovel very well and then she says you shovel better than anyone but that does not make you a superhero (laughs) (laughs) absolutely I think that's very accurate very accurate very very good Benjamin yes Funnily enough, yes. despite the fact that I did a whole conceit there of not knowing what Dark Horse was, I went and I watched The, the Mask. You do know what Dark Horse is. Then I do. It was all an elaborate ruse. Ben, Very I watched, well played. I watched The Mask. Was it 1993's The Mask? I don't mm-hmm. really remember. Ben, The Mask. No, not Mask. Not ma- the TV show Mask. Is that the one with the guy with the misshapen head who goes to high school? No, mask, mask crusaders working overtime, fighting oh, crime, secret re- about a group of guys who have vehicles that change into. Sorry, I, I fear in oh, in so me saying, uh, I, I fear that in you in me saying that I don't know what that is. You have taken that for a chance to explain to me. What that is. <laughs> I should have said I don't know or care. Ben, what that, that is, is that is not in the spirit of podcasting. <laughs> anyway, Ben. <laughs> The Mask. Tell us about the comic book there very briefly. So we've mentioned the comic book on the, the podcast before, Michael. It's bloody violent. It's a gro You used the word grotesque. I earlier, did, Michael. actually. I would have to agree. Hmm. It is. Uh, it, it comes again in the form of The Mask. The Mask uh, in, in the film is Jim Carrey. It's very much aimed at, at children almost. Well, hold on. You, you talk about the comic, then I'll talk about uh, yeah, the film. Yeah. Uh, but the comic is decidedly aimed at adults and possibly adults with some mental health issues. Um, the mask turns whoever wears it into a serial killer. Mm. Um, and boy, oh boy, mass serial killer yeah. would be would be the term used. Um, the person becomes psychotic, engages in cartoon violence with real life consequences. So what I mean by that is, yes, he turns his hand into a mallet and smashes it down on somebody. But this time you see eyeballs, gore, splat, bone matter that comes out from that. They're not flattened into a pancake. So nothing happens to him. He he lives by the reality of cartoon physics, but everybody else lives by 
reality physics. <laughs> so Ben, I went to see the film. Well, the reason I asked you to do that is sure. Upon I saw The Mask obviously when I was quite young because it came out in 1994, Ben, and I came out in 1982. You came out in 1982 of my mother's womb, oh. not the closet. Your mother's not going to thank you for that. Uh, so I saw it when I was 12. Uh-huh. And some of my friends were a bit younger, Ben. And one thing I will always associate with The Mask is a friend of mine who was a 10-year-old. Yes. When we went to see The Mask. Yes. There's a very famous scene where Cameron Diaz, a wet Cameron Diaz, Ooh. comes into Stanley Ipkiss, uh, Jim Carrey's bank. Mm. And someone among my group of young friends stood up and shouted, Get me a condom. and then everyone else laughed like that was the funniest thing in the world and that's the only thing I can think when I see the film The Mask somebody get me a condom but not in a Jim Carrey voice just in a normal 10 year old boy voice presumably he had just learned what a condom was yeah, and that was a necessary thing for the the stirring in his loins (laughs) so anyway Ben um, The Mask, the film I, I assume most people have seen it the thing about the mask, the film is, although it is a kind of zany madcap adventure, yeah, and a very stylized zany madcap adventure, actually, very stylized, very stylized, um, very much shot on sound stages in a fictional city, and you know, the kind of thing you wouldn't get away with in a comic book movie this these days, like a big piggy bank with the word charity written on the side of it. <laughs> It has the the classic hollow cobblestone sound effect. Yeah, yeah. Because um, all cobblestone, all cobblestones are, are hollow, Michael. It, you know yourself. It's quite odd. It's an odd film, but the mask, even in that film where he is essentially, he's the bad guy. He's the, he's the bad guy the, in everything. He's an antihero. He's he's a, a true. He's not even an antihero. No, he's, he's just, just the a bad guy. Dick. Yeah. yeah, the mask is the bad guy. Um. What the film really turns out to be about is Stanley Ipkiss trying to channel, trying to use the mask to do good. For good. But the mask is definitely the villain. Like, he's a more grotesque and and obviously evil villain when he... When he, when he, when the mask is worn by the other characters. Yeah, but But, it's the same force just... In different host bodies, yeah, yeah, when, it's, when, it's always malevolent. It's when never... Stanley has it on, it's it's bloody, it's a bit rapey, it's very sexually aggressive, it's very gropey. Wouldn't um, wouldn't survive well on Twitter these days. No, Tum- Tumblr would not be a fan. No, um, Tumblr's not a fan of anything anymore. Like kills uh, kills people pretty Willy complacently. Nilly. Yeah, and is yeah. I was watching it thinking the mask would be a great villain for a superhero team up film because. He is essentially unbeatable. He's such a hard thing to handle. Yeah, yeah. They, they've they've done various crossovers over the years. I think we had a Lobo versus the Mask, mm. and I, I think various heroes have come across him in crossover events in the past. But I, I they they usually find some way to contain him or separate the mask from the person. That's really all you can but do. They can't stop him once he's in in full swing. It just doesn't work. And the, as a Child, I think, I, well, a, a young teen, I don't think I ever noticed that kind of underlying horror of the scenario mm-hmm. because you're too focused on it's Jim Carrey doing a funny voice. Sure. The other thing, Ben, is I dare you to go and watch The Mask and then confront Ryan Reynolds, who I think is the same age as me, and definitely The Mask was a formative experience for him. It was. He, it 
it was his formative experience. It, like, it's just him. Yeah, because the the mask is Deadpool. Yeah, they've just learned. He just learned. That's obviously how he decided to be charming. And he just saw Jim Carrey doing his shtick. And he was like, yeah, I'll do that. But even even more so than I thought. Like, I always thought it's very... Deadpool's kind of like the mask. His intonation, his sentence. Everything. Like, his, his delivery. His, yeah. his The looks to the camera. It's... I hadn't thought of that, actually. It, it, just watch... I'll show you after, actually. Sure. But if you're on YouTube, go and watch the first transformation scene where he first transforms into the mask and confronts the landlady. Okay. It's, it's Ryan Reynolds. It could be Ryan Reynolds behind the mask. It's the same voice. It's... Although they are both Canadian comedians, so... I forgot uh, Jim Carrey was Canadian. Yeah, look, uh, the other thing is Ryan Reynolds is now married to what is essentially the the 2018 version of Cameron Diaz in 1994. Mm. Blake Lively is great. <laughs> um, I'm a huge fan of Blake Lively. So was Ryan Reynolds, but obviously he was influenced <laughs> by 1994's Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz, that was her first movie. Um, it was Cameron it was, Diaz's yeah. debut. What a debut to have. What a debut. And what a you, debut. You could have really... You could have re subtitled the name the film the mask isn't this lady that we found pretty the because... masks don't stand up too quickly <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i mean you know what else is, else is weird about it go on there's so much smoking in it oh it's everyone's oh, yeah. smoking so there's that one scene where he plays the french person yeah in this time jumper and he has like a stack of cigarettes but also he smokes in his fantasy sequences to show he's cool Oh yeah, and Cameron Diaz keeps lighting, lighting cigarettes. cigarettes. It's it would never happen in a kids' movie now. I have to ask you a question. Go on. Do you intentionally intonate incorrectly occasionally? Are you just so good at it now that it just slips in? Because <laughs> I'm Ca- saying Cameron Ca- Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> but you just say Cameron. You skip yeah. the e. Yeah, no, I'm doing that purpose. Genius. It's amazing. Um, I really enjoy it. Um, it does make everything funnier for thanks, me. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> That's really what I'm doing. Because, look, I recognise I have a boring voice, so I have to make ah, up for it somehow. Michael, don't be silly. Don't put him. Listeners, if you or anyone thinks that Michael has a, uh, a boring voice, don't get in touch with the podcast, yeah, please. Because we want to keep. We want to keep his. Uh, we, Jesus, Michael. Yeah, I got to be aggressive there. <laughs> so anyway, Cameron Diaz. Um, Cameron. <laughs> you can't do it now. Um, yeah, it, there are a lot of lingering shots of Cameron Diaz. They're, they 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 hold that camera. Yeah, there's another thing that I liked about it, which is there's a a, a kind of a slightly more homely but still very attractive uh, ginger lady reporter who's introduced, and she's oh. very much a Lois Lane character. Yeah. And, she was a real bad egg, though. But you would really think that she's going to be the nice one and that Cameron Diaz is the one who's going to betray him. Yeah, and they, they set her up. They switch the expectations around there. They subvert, and, that, they subvert that genre. Yeah. Um, it's not a bad film, actually. The special effects hold up surprisingly well as well for 1994. One of my childhood favourites. I, I remember watching the TV series that was, was spun, off of the, spun off of the film as opposed to the comic. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, being horribly disappointed that it wasn't Jim Carrey. It, it didn't sound like him. Mm. Didn't look like him. I loved uh, the mask when I was a child, and I would, I would possibly, possibly formative for me as well, where I realised that you could raise your voice beyond the normal level of human <laughs> hearing. And uh, yeah, it's never, never, never gone away. Yeah, <laughs> never gone away. I cannot find a picture of me. I, I've been very rude to Michael's podcast today. Cannot find a picture of Ben with long hair. It's very disappointing. Um, I am going to send him one later. Yeah, send as soon as I later. find it. Um, I'll do a reaction video. Because he, I think you should do a reaction video. Because I truly think this is something you don't know about me. I, I really feel that it's something that you should know about me. Yeah. Because 
I will never hear the end of it. I would like to see your humorous hair, please. Um, my girlfriend did contemplate breaking up with me because she couldn't shake the image of it from her mind. That's fair enough. Um, I'm sure there were other reasons she contemplated breaking up with me. Hmm. Um, if she's listening, you're you're great. Good egg. Uh, thanks for thanks for sticking around. Really appreciate it through through thick and thin. Um, but yeah, dark horse. Bloody dark horses all around. Bloody Ben, did you see nineteen two thousand four Son of the Mask? I I no, I didn't. That was Alan Cumming, was it? Yeah, yeah, he's no bloody. He's no Jim Carrey. I think they wanted him to be. I don't know why they expanded the mythology in that way. Um, I didn't think there was any need to have the actual God of Mischief in it. One of one of the first possible on screen representations of Loki. Well, actually, yeah, that was a kind of fun thing when I was watching the film. He goes, Stanley Ipkiss goes to a mask expert. And the mask expert says it could be one of the Scandinavian night gods, possibly Loki. And Jim Carrey says, "Who's Loki?" Yeah, <laughs> like you're not going to get today. That be like, "Oh, it's Tom Hiddleston." Tom Hiddleston. You turn into Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston is in the mask. Uh, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. Um, if we do ever start a heavy metal band, uh, Night Gods is is definitely the Scandinavian Night Gods is definitely what we're yeah. calling our band, <laughs> or Tom and the Hiddlestons. <laughs> That'll be our pop 80s funk band. Ben, let's uh, wrap it up Tommy there. and the Hiddlestons. Um, yeah, if you or anyone wants to know uh, where Tommy Hid- and the Hiddlestons are playing next, we are playing Liverpool. We are playing Glasgow. <laughs> no, we're we are playing- no, we're not. We're not going to any of those locations. We're staying here in the tiny room. Yeah, we are. Uh, and we're never making music together because if if our rendition of Major Thomas taught us anything... Oh, we forgot to upload that. that- <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, we'll... we'll- there's going to be a simultaneous upload this week. Yay. Um, we're going to have two little things. Check out the Instagram. You'll probably hear us there butchering a classic. Um, but anyway, yeah. If you are a fan of Dark Horse, what are you a fan of in mm. Dark Horse? Yeah. Have you been reading Dark Horse for a while? Yeah, like me. I've not realised it. Have you realised that you were Dark Horse? Did you realise that you were always reading Dark Horse? Or is this a revelation to you that some <laughs> of your favourite comics are Dark Horse? Are you, maybe we're just idiots. Maybe we're just maroons. <laughs> I don't know. Um... It, but it caught me off guard anyway, and I've been delighted to go to trip through the thing because I have so many Dark Horse comics on my shelves that mm. I never realised. Never a whole IDW shelf, and they're terrible. Uh, some some of the big some of the big reads that you can pick up from from Dark Horse. Some of the ones oh, do some recommend. Ben's recommends. Yeah, good yeah, point. Some Ben's recommends. Black Hammer. Yeah. great comic yeah. Umbrella Academy get in there before the series comes out get yeah. in and read it'll probably be an Eason in the, uh, it'll be in an the Eason. read it before it's um, hot section and since I since I bought it from them uh, it's in Subsidy um, I may as well give a little plug since I actually <laughs> bought it <laughs> from them and uh, tagged them on Instagram and they, they liked our post so <laughs> secret's out lads secret's out um, it's there not that we're pushing any one comic company no. you can find it anywhere comics are stocked uh, Black Hammer is great. Some of the early Buffy runs are quite good. I liked the Buffy season eight stuff. It was pretty. Yeah. It was pretty good. And they, the they Angel season six was pretty good a too. Lot of tie-ins there. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Goon. If you like kind of odd, obscure stuff, check out the Goon. And then Pol- Polar comes from them. But there's another uh, wonderful thing uh, called. Oh, I'm not going to remember what it is. It's about. Uh, oh, sorry. It's uh, Ra- Rashomon. Um, it's a series of detective mysteries set in feudal Japan oh. uh, drawn by the same guy that did Polar Victor Santos and oh, they yeah. are a ton of fun to read they dip uh, very heavily into Japanese mythology and folklore and they're kind of supernatural mysteries with a, sh- a samurai detective alright then that's it Ben a bit of a shorter one this week because there was no news there's no news no news Bloody, uh, entertainment industry get on it get on, on it entertainment we have a podcast industry. to keep going here. I think we're we're essentially in the pre-Marvel vacuum now 
no one wants to drop anything because it's getting too close to Captain the the double whammy of Captain Marvel. Yeah, we Marvel we, we don't want to be blindsided by a bloody profit storm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's it from us, guys. Yeah, bye. 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 Did you tell people to like us on Instagram. Yeah, there's there's and Instagram. iTunes. There's uh, our talk, new, talk iTunes. There's our new Michael and Benjamin's ASMR channel. <laughs> and uh, no, there isn't actually. Uh, this is my loud voice. Uh, Instagram. Give us an hour review on the iTunes. On the iTunes, yeah. Um, we are... Instagram is probably the best way to get in touch with us if you want to get in touch These with days, us. These days, yeah. These days, yeah. Or the Reddit. Reddit. Facebook is gone. Uh, we're on Reddit as well if you want to see some of our... See what we're liking. See what we're upvoting. Yeah. Um, take part in some of our little mini polls. Reddit surveys. Little polls. We do a few polls here and there. Um, but yeah, just get in touch with us in general. We'd love to hear from you. And just as a... Is... Just a, a kind of final question. Is Ellen Page the smallest lesbian? Um, yeah, if you could let us know, uh, we probably can't put that on Instagram without getting tagged for some kind of <laughs> harassment. Uh, harassment. Yeah. Ben, you're the worst. Yeah. Why'd you say that even? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm awful. <laughs>